0: Okay, so um i'm gonna be a little nosy i'm gonna get in your pockets <laughs> a little bit uh what has been since you've left this show that was like episode four or five mm-hmm. what has been your best month in terms of revenue
1: so my i had two high months so yeah. high month i would say in quarter one
0: yeah
1: uh was march yeah. it was my highest month it was 20k choo, choo, choo. Everything black on
2: black.
0: welcome back to another episode of the black is the new rich podcast we're on episode 32 and we got our second repeat guest some of her know her as sophia i call her the content queen because she's killing it right now in the content game um she's done a lot since uh she's last been here that was what november november and then it got released in february yeah okay so yeah even though i kind of introduced yourself reintroduce yourself if you don't mind
1: Hello everyone. Um, my name Sophia. Sophia. Um, wait, which camera am I looking at?
0: Any. That, That's okay. It's that yeah, one, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. I forgot. Oh, I'm getting <laughs> shy. Um, yeah. My name is Sophia. Um, a lot of people know me as the content queen, um, but just really grateful to kind of be in this space um, and be back here and just we'll touch on it. But I think The basis of who I am is just somebody who's, um, confidently creating content and just showing up authentically in everything and anything that I do. Um, just aspiring business owners and entrepreneurs to be their most authentic self and make money while they're creating content.
0: Jeez. Okay. So since we last talked, like, I believe you were just starting and like Mm -hmm. you were had your first, maybe couple of clients Mm -hmm. And now I see you everywhere. I can't have to turn you off because I see you so much. (laughs) But um, I know I see you killing it right now. I see you shooting a bunch of different like uh, industries, Mm -hmm. content. I see you on TikTok, Instagram. You're always shooting. Um, How did you get here?
1: So it's interesting because I never thought this is where I would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, when I started, it was a small project And but I had dreams and I had visions. And I said, I wanted to work with at least 100 entrepreneurs by December of 2022. Um, I passed that in May. So it was pretty crazy. How I got here was a lot of um, discipline and not taking no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Networking my way around, but also building a community and relationships where people knew who I was everywhere that I went 100%. and made sure that I was in the right rooms with the right people. And here I am.
0: Okay. So, um, I'm going to be a little nosy. I'm going to get in your pockets <laughs> a little bit. Uh, what has been, since you've left this show, that was like episode four or five, mm-hmm. what has been your best month in terms of revenue? So, <laughs> I'm getting in those pockets. You guys are going to get
1: into my bills. Okay. (laughs) My revenue, and I'll just say this for a disclaimer. My revenue was always very high, Mm -hmm. but my expenses were higher. Okay. And that's what I expected in my first year of business. Um, What they don't tell you is that your expenses, marketing costs, all that is always going to surpass. Okay. okay, But I was like, it's cool with the money that I'm making.
0: Okay. So let's, Hey everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Please remember to subscribe, comment, and like. Black is the new rich. Get into it. Let's okay, see. What? Right. Okay. okay, so give me a number. Uh, give me a number. Okay. And what was your expenses like?
1: So my I had two high months. So yeah. high month, I would say in quarter one yeah. uh, was March. Yeah. It was my highest month. It was 20K. Okay,
0: Congrats.
1: Um. Thank you. But then I kind of slowed down a little bit and went back to the med- medium ground of 10 okay. for a few months. And then June, again, I hit 20K. So oh, amazing. Um. Yeah, thank you. And I think so. I mean, I'm kind of it's kind of biased because both March and June I hosted events. So I think that Ah, had to play a big role because not only did I have my income coming in from my clients, my courses, my discovery calls, but also from a really large event that was a high ticket. So it played a huge role. However, All of that money was reinvested back into my business through marketing, collaboration, studio cost equipment. Um, So since you last um, I was last on the podcast, I was honestly just shooting with my phone and I had no form of equipment. I had my laptop. Um, I didn't have an office space. So ever since then, I kind of tripled my expenses, but so did my income. So. It kind of evens out, yeah.
0: At the end of the day, because now that you got a new camera and you got Mm -hmm. some new gear, like that kind of that'll last you a while. Price is going up, yeah. Price and price has to (laughs) price has to go up when you purchase new gear. So I guess that initial purchase of that gear will kind of hurt a little bit, but then obviously. Yeah. And you
1: have to see it all as a, like, it's all an investment in your business. I I don't see it as an expense. I, I do see it as an investment. So, um, I just make sure that it all, it does go back to the right places and it's fueling my business and it's fueling my clients. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So what different industries are you shooting right now?
1: So Initially, I started with coaches, like coaches online businesses. Okay. Um, and it was great because... Doing like courses and all that? Yeah, they were doing courses or they were doing one-on-ones, like personal development coaches, mindset coaches, health coaches. Okay. Um, and then I got into an incredible network. Uh, one of my clients introduced me to all of her clients, which were all medical estheticians. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my largest industries. And medical estheticians, specifically that industry, they have to use both of their hands to service. So essentially, content is a... like absolute like impossible for them to do and yeah. get high quality so True. medical estheticians hairstylists personal trainers fitness facilities I see the
0: real estate too. real
1: estate mm-hmm. um, has been my newest and favorite adventure okay um i've had a lot of digital marketing um agencies contact me um and work with them um most recent um would be again the coaches like the health coaches and now i've Kind of been expanding into social media managers and content creators as well. And then I've hit and tapped into the influencers um, because it's also they create content for a living. But sometimes it's just outsourcing that as well. And then I would say my most interesting client thus far was an optician.
2: Oh, so whoa. someone who's like
1: nice. very um, high up in their industry. Yeah. Um, creating content, just different types of content for their brand. And me- mental, sorry, mental profession- mental health professionals as well has been a huge industry that I've tapped into as well. Um, so you're
0: all over? All over, yeah. Okay. Dope, yeah. dope. So we're in 2022, and obviously content, I would say, is king, right? And everybody, if you have a brand or a business, you should probably be shooting content. But not all content converts. Mm-hmm. Why? <sighs> <laughs>
2: sorry i
1: choked on my water um why doesn't all content convert
0: or what are different ways so con- content can yeah. convert
1: i feel like people are just producing and not loud,
0: wait, wait break that down what do you mean by that people are just producing
1: they're just putting out without
0: St- strategy. strategy
1: or intention okay. strategy is important but multiple things go into a strategy so a strategy i say like People ask me what my strategy is. I'm like, I'm my strategy. Like I am my own strategy. But sometimes people are too focused on recreating what everybody else is creating. That's why their content isn't converting. Because the person who originally created that content, it is converting. But now that they're copying or just recreating that same thing, that's why it's not converting. It's not authentic. Yeah, go ahead, sir. No, it's okay. It's not authentic. It's not intentional. It's not personalized and it doesn't have the messaging for your exact client that you want to target, because I feel like before even creating the content, there's a process that I kind of go through, Mm -hmm. um, which we can talk about that a little later. But it, it all comes down to the intention and what you're looking to help people do versus just what you're selling like everybody just wants to throw out and literally word vomit content mm-hmm. but they don't want to actually like that's why it's not converting because you're not doing anything to solve a problem you're just shooting 100%. shooting 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 and people like you're not you're shooting but you're not like
0: it's scoring sh- <laughs> scoring <laughs> there you go. yeah no 100 because what i've realized now because when we first talked um uh, sorry, when we first talked on the podcast, no, number one hasn't even come out yet. So mm-hmm. I probably was hovering around the 1,800 uh, follower mark and yeah. now I'm at like uh, 4,200, 4, right? Okay. So what I'm noticing now mm-hmm. is that I'm not trying to sell anything what I think the audience needs. Mm-hmm. I'm literally gathering information mm-hmm. on what the audience wants. Yeah. And then that's what I'll be quote-unquote selling. Mm-hmm. Even for these episodes i ask questions all the time what do you guys want to hear because it's really about them i believe i think that some people just think from their own lens and be like oh these people need this so i'm going to sell this and i feel like they get confused when they start selling because they're not listening to their audience they're listening Mm -hmm. to their own lens
1: yeah and essentially you're not your client exactly so you're not going to sell to you because if you were making content for you, then you'd make it how you want to. But Mm -hmm. ideally you're not trying to sell to yourself. Exactly. You're trying to sell to your ideal client. And that's what people don't know. They don't know who they want to serve and who they want their client to be. And so in speaking to everybody, you speak to nobody. And that's the biggest thing that, I'm glad you're doing because you're speaking to one person at a time. Mm -hmm. There's one person who needs to hear the specific message. Everyone's hearing it, but it's for one person. Mm -hmm. So you, you're really tapping into what people, what that person needs. And essentially you're targeting that client Mm -hmm. and that person nurturing them. And that's why it's going to convert.
0: It's funny how you just mentioned that one person, because before actually starting the podcast, Mm -hmm. I did a podcast plan and I created an avatar And that avatar has an age, has a name, what type of lifestyle they're living. And I had to ask myself, are there a lot of this type of person in the world? And so that's who I serve to every time I speak on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I feel like people don't do that. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Please remember to subscribe, comment and like. Black is the new rich. No,
1: people don't do that because they think they think. The more people I can attract, the more people I can sell to, the more money I'll make. No, it's not like that. But you can make, you can sell to 10 people and make $10,000 or you can sell to one person and make $10,000. And to be honest, I'd rather sell to one person and make $10,000. So I think people have it all twisted. There's something about volume and quantity that's making this generation thrive. And I think it's, we need to kind of take it back a notch and realize that there is one specific person who we can sell to, speak to, add value to, bring into our community that actually is your ideal client. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's multiples of them. And that's amazing. But first, you need to know who it is that you want. And I because I I mean, and you're not asking me what I want to tell you. <laughs> and I want to tell you guys because I narrowed it down so specific who my ideal client is. My ideal clients are everywhere mm-hmm. in my inbox. Yeah. They're in my inbox. They're mm-hmm. watching my content because I'm speaking to that one client. Yeah, turns out they're out there, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So you mentioned volume and quantity. Obviously, with content, you can pump out co- content like mm-hmm. there's it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. Is there a number where people should strive for, or because uh, I, I pump out a lot of content? Yeah. Because I do a long form content, then I just chop it up Mm -hmm. and I put it into reels. That's why I encourage everybody to get their own podcast because then you'll have endless content.
1: Yep. I think there's different types of content. What you have to look at is you have to look at human behavior and people and how they are. So for me, I like to listen. Mm -hmm. The way I there's two ways that I learn and there's two ways that I am my buyer type. So I kind of talk a lot about this with my clients when we do our work and our strategy together is who, what is your buyer? Like who's your buyer and how are they buying? So Mm -hmm. again, with podcasts, it's visual, but you also have the like the audible experience and you Mm -hmm. have the visual experience Mm -hmm. and essentially the captions have a written experience as well. So you're kind of targeting all of the human um, senses senses in one and that's what people need to do. So there are, there's so many ways to take this podcast and repurpose it. Yeah. Which, if you have a like, if you ha- don't have a podcast, you need to get one because that's what's actually going to help you work smarter and not harder. Because exactly. from one clip, you can pull out a static graphic content, a real content, story content, like literally mm. everything, and then Across put it into, different put platforms. it into an email, then a, then an article, then a YouTube video. It's like you have content for forever, essentially. I wouldn't say there's a number I strive to Mm -hmm. um, only because you can you need to be consistent, but consistent doesn't mean every day. Consistent just means I'm putting out content in a consistent manner, which may be consistency to me, maybe two times a week. Okay, right. Maybe consistently five to seven posts on Instagram on my stories. But that's what it feels like for me. So you have to kind of find what it's like for you now. You also don't want to oversaturate and over deliver Mm -hmm. if you know your audience like you kind of have to see the behavior of your audience is like when are you um when you're posting short clips are they kind of like linking onto it more is it the long form clips and then you can kind of gauge it and work with that behavior which is why your analytics your statistics and all that is so important
0: yeah because i'm i'm testing right now like for example this past week uh i'm gonna post three reels this week Mm -hmm. just to see how like see what happens Mm -hmm. because i was posting the the long form content followed by two reels so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of finding my sweet spot right now
1: and that's important like it's it's people think that you have to just find out what is working right now. Like, it's like, if I don't figure out right now and I don't have the answer now, then I failed. But the thing is like, we don't get here through just doing it one time and receiving an answer. It's like multiple like trials and error. And even now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, you know, I can, that worked for me, but what else can work? Right. And you, you, It's always a good time to reinvent the wheel, like don't fix what's not broken, but essentially like reinvent so you can also target different audiences. And maybe that will work better for you in your lifestyle and into like where you want to head in the direction of your business. Mine is heading more passive. So I'm looking at what works for me right now. Yeah. And posts a week has worked great for me because i post on my stories every day
0: yeah yeah you go off on your stories too it's like caterpillar it's one of those like yeah yeah, you go off (laughs) (laughs) so collaboration for example i feel like collaboration is huge right now you can collaborate in reels you can collaborate in projects and to be honest that is a super organic growth hack that how this podcast grows is by collaborative reels Mm -hmm. what do you think about collaboration
1: um even outside of just digital collaboration, I really, really, really strongly recommend collaborating with people that you want to work with. And that's okay. something that I've done is I know I want to work in industries. Like I wanted to work in the real estate industry. And I said, there's somebody I need to work with that's smarter than me, that knows exactly what to do. And we can partner up together and be a force. Mm. And that's exactly what co- being a, Uh, like joining a collaborative effort and collaborating with people is that your efforts and theirs come together to literally form like a bomb. And Mm -hmm. that's what what people are missing. And I'm not going to lie. I was like this when I started. I was like, I don't want to collaborate with nobody because I'm too good to collaborate with you. That was my mindset at the beginning. It was True. like, you don't have anything to offer, but that's a limiting belief. And that's actually what's going to pull you back from seeing the most success had in that your business. Sometimes
0: too, I kind of yeah,
1: because, we're, we're, you know, there's a lot of fear, fear and collaboration with people because you never know if they're going to pull their weight. Mm-hmm. But what you have to again, you got to find find your aces in each industry. And I truly feel like I've done that because. Um, I can collaborate. And with that person, not only do I help them, but they help me grow. 100%. And that's when it comes to collaboration on reels. I feel like that's also been huge, that's been huge because it's, it's a hack that no one knows about. You share it on their, their profile, you share it on yours. You both grow. You both get the views. You go, you, both of your audiences are different. And what you don't realize is when you collaborate, you give your audience and your community, the opportunity to, to get to know more. each other. Exactly. And they didn't know they needed you. And they your community didn't know they needed them. A hundred percent. And I feel like people don't do that out of fear and out of whatever they have been through in the past. But I think it's one thing that we need to remember that it's collaboration over competition. I feel like that's such a cringy, like...
0: It's a toronto saying thing. it's a
1: toronto thing like oh my god we collaborate over compete whatever but it's true like that's what you got to do at a certain point
0: mm-hmm.
1: get your ego down get your guard down and at the end of the day you're gonna realize that you're much stronger when you go that route mm-hmm. and i'll say this and i don't know if any other woman any other woman in toronto or men you guys may feel this as well there's like this thing where um it, there's a lot of like woman empowerment I don't know if you've seen this. It's like woman empowerment, this woman empowerment that, and sometimes in those communities, it's the least empowering. So it can be very hard for us as creatives or as business owners to collaborate if we have felt that hurt or that like shame true, or true. or like hate and in in those specific communities. So yeah. while collaboration can be great for a lot of people, it can be hard.
0: It can be uh, terrifying.
1: It can be terrifying. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. But I think
1: it's a great, like
0: I do. Th- everybody
1: needs to get on that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Because I do think in this city, I feel like collaboration is becoming um, more than it, it it was in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. Like even with this podcast, I'm meeting people that I didn't really um, know that I'd ever collaborate with and mm-hmm. it's working. Yeah. It's working. There's a flip side to it though. Mm-hmm. For example, let's talk about like sharing reels. I think that, uh, like even damien has been uh on me about like you know creating a contract so people can fulfill the collaborative effort because 100%. some people don't let's say they don't post the reel when they when we have verbally agree to that and then it kind of I, I wouldn't say like a sour taste in my mouth but it kind of depletes like the the mission of the what, purpose the purpose of what we're doing
1: well let me let me share something with you when you i do a lot of paid brand partnerships so like Companies will pay like they'll say, hey, Corey, can you take a video using this? And here's the contract. Uh, this is what I don't agree with our community. And I'm going to be straight up when it comes to being somebody local and somebody like I don't want to call us small businesses, but we're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You don't treat it the same as you would treat a collaboration or a partnership with a big company, mm-hmm. because if a big company says post and repost and create and shout me out. Yeah, of course you do it Yeah. Right. But if it's, you know, your friend or whatever, why do you hesitate to do it? Yeah. So I definitely feel like you should implement a contract. There is um, if anything, it's like they're receiving free content. 100%. OK. And they can't even have the decency to share, to post, to shout out, to put it in bio, like all these things. Um, it's just it's very important. And it just sets the it sets the standard for what you're building here, because if you don't, it's kind of just it's, it, it,
0: it's like a whatever thing
1: yeah it's like the elephant in the room of like uh eh, like are you sure you're it's like it's almost a requirement yeah and people need to see how that's serious. the thing is how serious but also how like how much value this brings to them and i feel like the reason why people might be on the contrary side of the beauty of collaboration is because they feel like they're too good for your collaboration percent, like they're better like they have more to offer than what you than what you do so they don't pull up their side because they're like nah like i don't need this Mm. right so essentially i think i'll also say this you're not meant to work with everybody you're not meant to collaborate with everybody even though someone may look like a great person to collaborate and if you have like a gut feeling of like you know what they look good online they kind of do their thing they talk about community and all that. But if you have this gut feeling from even an interaction with them, just don't do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not everybody is going to be someone you're going to mean to collaborate with. And not everybody is going to be a part of your vision. So while you're focusing on building this community, you might bring in a bad apple.
2: True.
1: And that might stain. So it's almost like as you grow and as you get bigger, you realize like who you're again, like just like building your avatar of an audience, you get to build your avatar of a speaker. Yeah. Because this speaker right here sitting in this chair also reflects Black 100%. as in you, Rich in the community. And
0: they trust me to make sure I bring exactly. credible people. Yeah. So if I don't do that or someone's a bad apple, that generally looks bad on the whole show, the movement. Exactly. Ooh, that's kind of scary, to be honest. So yeah, you got to watch out for
1: them bad apples.
0: <laughs> yeah. OK, dope. So I've been utilizing YouTube shorts, TikTok. I want to talk about TikTok in depth and soon. Um, LinkedIn, I got on LinkedIn and a a bit of Twitter here and there and obviously Instagram Reels. Mm -hmm. What are you using right now?
1: Instagram and TikTok. A little bit of LinkedIn.
0: YouTube Shorts. It brings me subscribers. Can't even lie. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know what? I haven't, my old, so my YouTube channel, if you guys go look at it, don't drop the link. (laughs) Um, It's just dance videos and my dance journey. So I haven't, for me, if I am all like this is just like a uh, characteristic, call it good or bad. Yeah. Um I'm a shiny object type of gal. Yeah. So
0: does that if mean? I break that uh, break that down.
1: For example, <laughs> I may be doing Instagram, okay. right? And like this is actually what happened. I heard like LinkedIn was popping. So I went to go do LinkedIn and I put like I go hard with what I'm focusing on, right? Okay. So then I kind of dropped Instagram. And I put all my eggs in LinkedIn. So
0: you like to jump shit. E-
1: exactly. It's just straight up. I just need <laughs> straight out. Anyone else? Because it's just, you know, if somebody's uh, like, go on LinkedIn, then you go ham on 100%. LinkedIn. Or somebody's like, yo, TikTok's where it's at. You neglect Instagram and then you start posting on TikTok. I feel like all, um, all platforms are equally as great. 100%. Me, I generate different audience per platform. And that's mm. something that will work for you, right? Like you will attract different clientele and viewers or speakers on LinkedIn, then Instagram, then TikTok, then YouTube. There's Mm -hmm. different audiences and different avatars, Mm -hmm. right? Um, For me, I attract, so my TikTok following is essentially very, um, sorry, excuse me. I get my inquiries on TikTok, but I nurture on Instagram.
0: Oh, so use a funnel.
1: So it's almost like a funnel yeah. for me. I always like Instagram is my go to, and I just um, repurposed on TikTok,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that for me has worked really well because I post the same piece of content on TikTok and on Instagram, and they they bring two different reactions. Yeah, so,
0: me too right now. Yeah,
1: which is which is essentially like it's that's what you're supposed to do. But for me, like, again, I jump ship. So if I'm learning and I'm seeing the growth on YouTube, I'm going to stay there. And then it's like, mm, what about Instagram? What's yeah. going on here? Right. So,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, ideally, I would just love to have someone manage. Like, I'd love to start. Like, I want to start my own podcast. Yeah. To you, be honest. you need one. But I'm going to need you to manage it. <laughs> and I'm going to need you or you to do it all. <laughs> um, because honestly, that's just something that like I if, if I'm fully focused on it, that everything else is just kind of on the back burner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Actually, I heard Gary V say this. He's like go wherever the underpriced traffic is. And mm-hmm. what he means by that is like for example, like YouTube Shorts is underpriced right now cuz re- what these companies do when they want to push something, they'll let the out al- they'll let you go on the algorithm. They're, like for mm-hmm. example, that's why for example, I got in a a, a cool time on TikTok and I got to 24,000, mm-hmm. but now it's changed. So now when the big companies come to these pr- uh, uh platforms, uh, platforms now, it's going to cost way more to get that same type of mm-hmm. traction. So, his advice was go to where the under-priced uh, traffic is. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, YouTube Shorts right now, LinkedIn right now, until they start blowing up. And then, because mm-hmm. obviously, they want to get their ad dollars in, right? They want their yeah. ad money. So, uh, I thought that was a good gem that I heard, to be honest. So, jumping ship is actually yeah. good.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll take that as a good thing.
0: Yeah, I know. So, so like, for example, like, if you even take an Instagram, yeah. like big companies pay millions of dollars for millions of dollars for their ads there's no way that you're if you have a million followers and someone has a million followers and pay, paying for ads that you guys are going to get the same type of traction there's mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. because the, the like they they have they got to make their money too mm-hmm. so that's how i kind of like look at it from their perspective why are they going to push my stuff right now on this platform? Instagram is super busy and there's big companies here. When I can go to YouTube shorts, get my subscribers up and go where the underpriced traffic yeah. is.
1: I feel like Instagram is also kind of underpriced though because everyone... It can be. While well, everybody is... Now leaving Instagram to go through all these platforms, it's like what's going on on Instagram.
0: And Instagram's always coming out with new features that yeah. they want to push. So for example, reels are fairly new couple mm-hmm. years. So they put they're pushing reels right now, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing, pushing until they um, find something new. And find they, a new they did find something new because I I I start to notice it from my American followers mm-hmm. or American people who I follow. The, the subscription. The subscription. So that was actually they stole that from fan base. Yeah. So Fanbase was a new app. So it's subscription-based. Yeah. So you can get exclusive content mm-hmm. or you can offer exclusive content for your your audience. Mm-hmm. And now Instagram implemented that. So that is, I, I guess when we get it, who knows when we get it, but it'll be undervalued till it gets crazy.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna jump ship yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah so are you using everything right oh so you said uh, so yeah I'm, I'm
1: using instagram tiktok and yeah like linkedin i started my profile
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because essentially i do want to target different audiences right like i'm on linkedin to target the big dogs
0: okay yeah for sure
1: and i'm high targeting ticket. i'm A targeting companies like there's so many companies that need strategy cons consulting of what to do with the digital marketing marketing strategy how to speak on stories because a lot of these that's the thing is not every business is a creative and not every creative is a business owner and these large businesses which are on linkedin um require that but they don't have somebody i honestly haven't seen anything like what i do Mm -hmm. and so that's why i feel like tapping into that linkedin space and i kind of have that like this uh setback about linkedin because i don't deem myself as like this professional
0: okay
1: i'm kind of in this little limbo of like am i professional enough to be on well, linkedin well, what does that even mean but i feel like yeah like what does that even mean like mm-hmm. do i need to be a specific somebody to give a specific um service to a certain individual and i feel like that can mean, and i'm just being fully transparent because i feel like a lot of people feel this way it's like who am i to give this type of service to like A million dollar company. Well, why not me?
0: Yeah. Here's when I hear that, like for the professional, right? Mm -hmm. I think as you're professional when you know more than most. Yeah. And you know more than most when it comes to this content creating stuff. So, yeah, that's professional to me. Mm -hmm. You know, do you agree? Thanks. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we talked about YouTube yeah, you got to get on YouTube shorts because honestly like it's they're pushing that algorithm. You're going to do my YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're pu- they're pushing that uh algorithm. So let's talk about like building a community. I think that's super important in here we're building a community and mm-hmm. I see how it's starting to work out. And I I do see some other businesses and they I think they oversell. Mm-hmm. They're just always whatever um product they have, they're just Every post is about them selling, 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 selling. They're not really providing value for their community. And I do feel like it's hurting their progress. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about building community?
1: I think people have started building community because that was like the whole fad thing to do. Mm -hmm. Everybody was selling something about building a community. And that got so saturated. It was annoying. Okay. Because now the product became building a community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um like I kind of paint this like analogy. You you ever walk past the mall and there's somebody being like, "Hey, can I show you the skincare product?" Yeah. And they go and put it on your hand. They yeah. grab up your hand. Yeah. It's usually a girl
2: the
1: <laughs> in the middle of the mall yeah. in like a little kiosk and she puts the and like versus um I don't again, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've been walking somewhere and somebody's like, "Hey, how's your day?"
2: Yeah.
1: And you kind of build a conversation First. and and kind of have that um, inquiry process versus just like reactive. And I Mm -hmm. think there, there's such a big difference in, in how you build a community. And this is just my little hack. I know everything about almost each follower that I have. Mm -hmm. Right. And here's how I build my communities because I have, um, collective, uh, I share a lot of similar qualities To my audience and that's how i build my community i don't build my community based on my offer i based it on my personal brand because i say this a lot i probably should trademark this or something people don't buy off of what you do they buy off of who you are
0: 100 percent. so
1: my community is based on who i am and my audience in my community is on who i am and if they decide to buy my offer that's a plus but my community is separate from myself my Mm -hmm. sales I don't want them to feel like I'm selling to them. Yeah. I want you to feel like you're a part of what I have, and that you get to be exclusive to that. Not like, oh, you're my community, and so I sell to you. It's a plus okay. for you for you to be my client, essentially. And um, I think building a community is way beyond um, like getting them to buy something from yeah, you. Yeah, it's
0: not about because that at it's all. not.
1: I think people start seeing people as money signs mm-hmm. and they start seeing followers as money signs yeah and there's more to i kind of like in my head when someone becomes a follower and they follow me i want to say like hey how what can i learn about this person what can they teach me and how can i help them i don't think oh my god okay they just followed me i'm gonna send them a message like hey welcome to my page like that's just so like irks like
0: what about this what if people s- stop looking at followers as uh, necessarily money signs and start to look at them as extended family they might treat them different
1: exactly i think that's and i think that's interesting and i mean you either hate your extended family <laughs> or you love your extended family or they either hate you and i mean essentially like people just like um associate a large following with Dollar a signs? successful business it's not at all and i have like i mean yeah i have fifteen thousand followers but I have the same like loyal community from when I had 8,000 followers to now. And that's essentially because they are a family Mm -hmm. and that's how I treat them.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's how they treat me. Mm -hmm. A community isn't one sided. Yeah. And that's how that's what people think. Well, if I give value, if I give value and if I just give them and I just give them like you're just you're that's all you're doing. Yeah. But they're not doing that back. And mm-hmm. they're not doing this. You're just throwing the shoe. Yeah. You're just throwing the treat to the dog. <laughs> but it's not consuming it. They're not consuming anything because they're just, they know what you're doing. Yeah. They know what you're trying to do. So
0: let it's- me so, so let me give you an example. So uh I followed this, I guess he was an email marketer the other day, mm-hmm. right? And he on his page he has he provides great value. Here's where I got a little bit turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, we start messaging back and forth. Da, da, da. He mentions, oh, I see your podcast. I'm going to take it in, blah, 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 blah. Soon soon as um, I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm like, he's, he asked me if I had email marketing set up. And I said, no, it could be better, right? And he's like, okay, I can help you with that. Let's jump on a call. Then he kind of like, it's became a sale mm-hmm. too quick for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of turned me off a little bit. What do you think about that?
1: I was going to say it. I'm gonna say it. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody wants to work with you, they'll already know they wanna work with you as soon as they find your page. Okay. I don't convince anyone.
0: Exactly. I don't
1: have to, and I don't want this to sound, that's why I didn't wanna say it. I don't want this to come across the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna sell to you because if I have to sell to you, then you're not my right client.
0: 100%. You
1: should already know you wanna work with me before you slide into my DMs asking me about my services. 100%. And then you and I can have a conversation. But I'm not here saying like, hey, babe, you need content creation. You should already know you want it and you should already know you want it from me. Exactly. And so I think the 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 whole thing about community is I actually don't talk about my services until somebody asks me. Mm-hmm. I don't tell you, hey, your social media could look better. Let's book a call. I will I will never bring up what I do until you ask me. Yeah. yeah. Because I want to pour into you. I want to find out about you. I wanna see how like essentially get to know the person uh before i even sell anything because essentially i may not even want to work with you in the first place 100%. so i think that's where people have it all twisted it's like your community isn't just about selling and freaking like word vomiting not no like vomiting like sales pitches yeah because that's essentially what people do is through building the community you're still selling
0: yeah 100
1: and yeah you don't have to sell like but there's different types of sales. So I, th- I think I'm still selling, mm-hmm. but my sales looks different. It doesn't look like a sales pitch, a sales call. Like I don't do sales calls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I do intensives. Mm-hmm. My intensive is designed to pour into you, to help you. And if it turns into a sale, it turns into a sale. But mm-hmm. ultimately you decide that based on what you take from it.
0: Mm -hmm, true so one of my online mentors uh his name is myron golden and he always says like when people ask what i or what does he sell Mm -hmm. he says nothing literally nothing and then he flips in and says i give whatever people need and that's essentially what you're saying right uh (laughs)
1: uh, yeah that's essentially what i'm what i say like i've had a few people say like hey so what do you do i'm like whatever you need
2: Mm -hmm. no because
1: really and truly you may come to me expecting me to sell to you. And I just want to know what you need. Like, mm-hmm. how can I help you? Because that's the thing is I'm a multi-passionate, multifaceted person. Yeah, same. And <laughs> if I come to you being like, hey, Corey, what do you do? And you just tell me about the podcast. And I'm like, it doesn't interest me.
0: Not then knowing I just, that I that, can do videography, Yeah, and then I just turn my head away
1: being like, oh, I don't need you. But if yeah. I'm like, hey, what do you need? And you're like, oh, well, you know, I have a wedding coming up and I need a photographer. And you're like, great, that's exactly what I do. Anything else? Yeah. And then I just kind of have my list. So then it's like you kind of pull push people through. Likewise with me is if somebody came to me being like, hey, what do you do? And I just tell them I'm a social media strategist or content creator. I forget the side of me that's a Christian that mm. wants to pour into you. That's a believer. That's a dance instructor. Mm. That's a social worker. Like I kind of leave all those avenues. And so maybe that person needed that, but instead I sold them that. Mm. So that's where I go back to my first statement of, be a person that inquires not a reactive person true. because i'm going to instantly react to your question oh yeah i do this true hey what do you need makes and sense and that's where the community building really starts
0: makes sense so let's talk about uh social media culture like for example like i feel like this show is like valuable content mm-hmm. for, for what people need but is it? <laughs> a lot of people are interested in the shock value con uh, content and the hot takes in the I don't want to say garbage, but um things that are not v- garbage. Yeah, yeah. Things that are not great for you. What do you think about our social media culture today? I'm competing against all that and it's it's a little difficult sometimes.
1: Competing against like
0: the hot takes, the you know, the shade rooms of the world and et cetera, et cetera.
1: So I think I said it in like my first statement is people are going to digest and interpret your content based on what they need to take out of it at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I may come to your page for specific hook. Like I saw that podcast and being like, yeah, that's exactly what people need to hear. And and that's what like, that's essentially what hooks your audience, right? A lot of people are focused on, yeah, the shock value, they hook it, right? So people come on, but if there's nothing of substance there, you're just gonna get stuck there, and that's where the social media culture of toxicity and negativity and social media so negative. I love social media. I can come on my on my social media and say I don't like this. Doesn't really. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to do that. No nope. mute, unfollow, yeah. mute, block, yeah. report. Yeah, <laughs> because that's not me, and I know the kind of information I want to digest. I don't like the shock value stuff. That's or the shock take. Like yeah. hot, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you
0: just call it, <laughs> it literally
1: feels like I am being like, um, I mean, I've never experienced before, but being like, I've I've never done this before. Sorry. Oh shoot. You're good. Sorry. My bad. Content life. Um. <laughs> cut. Um, <laughs> no, you know that. What do you call this? Bow and arrow? Uh,
0: no, the the slingshot. Yeah, slingshot.
1: That. Like somebody's targeting me. That's what mm. it feels like. And it's good to hook somebody in, but then what substance do you have on it? So personally, I feel like a lot of pages... Do-
0: because you feel like it's not you or because you're, it's, you're it's, trying to hook them on something. I'm that- trying to
1: hook them on something that doesn't align with me. Mm. So in doing that research and that inquiry process be- before is like, who do I want to be? Who do I want to speak to? hmm What do I want the message to be and how do I want my audience to feel? Mm -hmm. Then when I create, I actually know, I I go straight into the feeling. Do I want you to feel encouraged? Do I want you to feel put down? Because it can be so easy to share a content tip and somebody be put down because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing social media content, right? Like my social media sucks and now my business sucks. I've seen content like that and I'm like, how do you expect somebody to feel? Yeah versus I want you to feel, I want you to walk out this with this video, feeling encouraged, feeling empowered, like you can do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing, whether you sell a product or whether you're a service-based business, you need to ask yourself what the messaging is going to be. Um, getting yourself some sort of notebook content calendar, whatever it is, like, it's just good to have so that you can jot these ideas down and essentially brain dump. So you can always create from that place. Um, I would have content pillars so this is actually an activity i'm gonna dive into my master class yeah. coming up
0: yeah yeah talk about it
1: and i will talk about it after let me get <laughs> these tips yeah, content, okay?
0: content pillars is big um
1: content pillars and when i think when i'm telling when i'm talking about content pillars
0: break that down what does that even mean first of all
1: so it's pretty much your value system in your content okay so for me it's my my value system essentially everything i always preach will be educational content, Mm -hmm. which essentially like information. Mm -hmm. Then there's like value inspirational content, which it it is what it is, value inspiration. And then I have entertaining content and like lifestyle because essentially who I am, breaks down into those okay so i create my content around this kind of like hub it's like a value system of your content
0: tell me if i'm catching you so when i used to do photography mm-hmm. let's say i had a youtube channel on photography and one of my pillars would be camera gear one would be lighting one will be um let's just say uh dealing with clients mm-hmm. or like uh pricing or whatever so those are essentially pillars exactly and if you do five subjects for each of them if you have five let's say five pillars that's 25 pieces of content and like that's that. exactly
1: how i break down my content machine content because for you to have break down these content pillars and say well okay what can i teach what can i offer in value mm-hmm. what can i showcase so it, it actually i i think I, I dabble between three and four okay um because Whenever I'm not selling, I just want to add, again, I, whenever I, I don't have space for clients, I'm now in the, I kind of stay in one. Okay. Just like the education and showcasing because I don't have anything to like promote or sell. Mm-hmm. Um, But um, in, in these content pillars, once you define it, just write down all the things. Sorry, wait, rewind. From the content pillars, you would group anything that you do. So going back to your camera gear example, if you're a photographer, you're going to list down all the things that you would do, essentially all the type of content you'd want to create camera gear, lighting, clientele, shot lists, Mm -hmm. um, locations, Mm -hmm. um, what to wear. Like there's so many things. And then you group and break those things down into categories. Mm -hmm. So essentially I'll just break this down. Kind of like the easiest way, uh, for one of my main clients, which would be a medical esthetician or, nurse injector in the beauty industry, you can educate, you can be an educator. So you can teach how to do all these specific things, but you can also showcase your services. You can also showcase before and afters transformation. So you would group all these things together into essentially your content pillars and then group all the things that are very alike and create content from that. And so um, one of the, again, I don't want to give all the juice, but I'm going to give some, when you have all your content pillars and all your topics, you're going to create a problem.
2: Okay. What uh, is the
1: problem or the objection? So for example, I don't know what camera gear to use for a podcast. So one of the videos you're going to create is top camera gear. You need to have to create your podcast. 100%. So you create, you have the problem and then you create the solution. Your solution is now your hook. And what your title is going to be about Mm -hmm. from, from that essentially problem or objection, you can turn that into a blog post, a podcast, all that. So you, now you can break down the different ideas, but let's go even deeper and say how to create your podcast from scratch. Mm -hmm. And then the objections that might come is what camera gear, what lighting, what pod, what audio system, um, how do I have to sound? How do I have to speak? What's the script? What's the format? Yeah. And you're going to take all those ideas and form it into a
0: course. A hundred percent. Actually, to which, be honest, I, uh, a day after this podcast comes out, the ebook will be out on okay. uh, podcast Ooh. for beginners, the no bullshit guide.
1: And, that, and that's the thing is from that, you now start creating snippets of videos, which essentially are in your course, but you are going to provide the value and say, hey, you want more? Mm-hmm. Boom. And then same thing with like, this can be applied to many different industries because essentially everybody has some sort of objection to coming to you, whether it's, I don't have enough money or whether I don't know what service is the best for me, how to know which service is the best for
2: you, Mm -hmm.
1: how to know, how how to know which service provider is the right one for you. Mm -hmm. How do you know which treatment is for you? Mm -hmm. And then you break it down from there. So essentially the hack is. You start with who you are, what your messaging um, and your language wants you want it to be, who you want to speak to, what are your content pillars, and what are the problems that you're solving? Because mm-hmm. people focus on selling the offer and not the outcome. Exactly. What I want people to start doing is showcase the outcome and sell like, even though I don't like the words sell it's like almost showcase what it's like to work with you mm-hmm. what it's like to receive from you
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that then people so that then you can receive
0: 100 percent. so
1: that's where my like four step guide would be and we'll dive into this more in the masterclass. where essentially um you're going to learn how to create 30 days worth of content in one day which is what i do i specialize in um so you can just crunch all your content in one day and this is great for all the business owners that, you know, is it he, in
0: person or online? It's online. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: it's online. Um, because I've had a lot of industry leaders say, Hey, I want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. but I'm not in the country.
0: Oh, so true. we're
1: in Toronto okay. and
0: You need to get up.
1: I need to be able to get, you know, I, I have gone internationally, but essentially I can't just be flying out. To, fly me out. Uh, <laughs> to, to cut that part out <laughs>
2: um,
1: i can't essentially be going everywhere so this is an opportunity for everybody to be here together learning and actually applying here's the thing mm-hmm. that a lot of courses and i have this like you know um what do you call that like a, a i'm trying to use all these analogies that i can't you know they don't come to the time <laughs> but uh i i essentially have this hesitancy of always putting out content masterclasses and courses because anytime I take one, I feel like I'm just left dry. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to apply. So what we're going to be diving into, into the research process of content creation for your industry. And we're also going to apply it on the call together. So you're going to walk out of the call and out of the masterclass with the 30 days of content planned and ready on paper for you to film and we'll get ready to go
0: i have a question for you mm-hmm. you said that you've taken courses and you felt dry um do you remember like the pricing range of those um courses
1: like five dollars seven dollars twenty seven dollars here's a thing. Thing. thing here's
0: a psychological thing mm-hmm. i promise you if you pay twenty thousand dollars for some of those courses you would come out saying oh, this cost is amazing because when we pay more for a high ticket item yeah. our uh our, well, when you
1: pay, you pay attention. Yeah,
0: you pay attention, one. And our brain tells us, well, give us every excuse that this course was worth that $20,000. Yeah. When you pay $7, you who knows if you even take it serious. $7 is not... They, they say the heart is where the pocketbook is. Gang. That's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> well, I mean, I ask everybody, like... And I'm guilty for it. If you look at my downloads, there is a bunch of unopened freebies in there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which could have a lot of great, valuable information. But chances are, if this masterclass was
0: twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand
1: dollars, you would be there ready with your pen, paying attention. Mm-hmm. Now, I obviously know not everybody can pay me twenty thousand dollars but somebody can, yeah. right? But this masterclass is gonna be accessible for everybody and everyone, okay. because I know that this is gonna bring value to absolutely everyone. And I pour my heart, my heart out into anything that I do, whether it's free or whether it costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. because I believe that that's just who I am, right? Like I, whether it's something's free or whether you're paying me tons of money for it, I'm gonna give you my all. True. I want everybody who comes to the masterclass to give their all, right? Um, And that's that's just my expectation. Whenever you work with me, whenever you attend anything that is done with me, I give you excellence. You give me excellence back. What I do is done in excellence, whether the price range, you will always expect excellence. Mm. And that's just one of the value systems that I hold. It's just a it's just a level of um, expectation at this point.
0: Okay, dope. And when is this master course coming out around ballpark time?
1: It's going to be it's going to be right before Black Friday. It's going to get everybody ready for quarter four okay so what i want people to essentially do is be prepped and ready for black friday and ready for the holidays because if you're able to create 30 days worth of content before christmas then you can focus on your family Mm -hmm. or putting your product out or whatever it is that you're coming up with but that content is going to convert the way you want it to and Mm -hmm. now you don't have to stress about creating content when you've already done it Mm -hmm. previously before so
0: okay so I know obviously I know you personally and I know you have mentors uh outside of this. Uh what have been the benefits of having a mentorship program? Or like going me attending, personally? No, attending attending them.
1: Oh okay. So um And you pay big money. Yeah, I've I mean I invested $30,000 on uh on a coach.
0: Well, what what has that done for you?
1: Um it's a it's a next level of accountability. Mm-hmm. It's a next level of here's the thing about having a coach or a mentor. It may have taken them five years to get to where they are or 10 years by working with them and investing in them. You do it in less time because they are telling you exactly what not to do or what to do. True. And so when you invest in a coach and you invest in mentorship, it's not just about you. It's about who's coming after you. True. So, I know that as I invested in that program, I didn't just invest for it for me. I invested in it for my clients Mm -hmm. because who I am as a result of this program and what I receive out of this program, I pour into my clients. I pour into my family. So automatically everybody kind of benefits from that piece, right? Like everybody's eating. Mm -hmm. And so when I, yeah, mentorship is just something so valuable because you not only have a second eye into your business and into your life, but, um, a safe and a, um, a good seed and a, and good fruit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of goes back to that bad apple, like your coach and your mentor take you under your wing. They're not meant to save you Mm because you're going to make those mistakes and you're going to have to learn from them, but they're there to be your helping hand. Um, and just kind of make, I don't want to use the word easier. They just help make things lighter.
0: True. And they've been there before. And they've
1: been there before. They know exactly the mistakes that you're going to make before you even make them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the beauty, the beautiful part of having a coach and the mentors that they learn from you
2: too. Mm-hmm. So you
1: actually become a teacher to them as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it kind of, it, it's a beautiful circle that like I've had a coach for now two and a half years. And mm-hmm. I've realized like I grew exponentially when I realized that.
0: I can my mentor... I've seen
1: it. Oh. <laughs> um, my mentor wasn't just teaching me things for my business. It was a life thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a it's a for life thing. Like, once you grow in that specific way, even though you think it's just business, it actually has nothing to do with business. Mm-hmm. Your business and your income and your outcome is a result of you working in your, on yourself. Fair. So, I recommend everybody to have a mentor. Um, but here's the thing is, not everybody can have a mentor because i'm i'm going to hurt some people
2: <laughs>
1: i don't know how many people have and i've done this as well and if you're my personal trainer watching this i'm sorry but i've blamed my trainers and my mentors for my lack of success and my lack of results mm-hmm. i've said this coach didn't work that trainer didn't work their program didn't work no you didn't work 100%. so don't invest in a coach and don't invest in a mentor unless you're ready to do the work because it's not their fault it's you 100% Your success doesn't is not a reflection of your coach or your mentor and that's where we have to take full responsibility and accountability I've had multiple mentors but until I was ready to reframe myself mm-hmm. and do the work and not expect somebody else to do it for me mm-hmm. Cause just because you're paying doesn't mean they have to just bow down to your knees and everything's just going to like yeah, no. work. And they're that's the expectation. Assistant. Yeah. They, they That's the thing is they're not your assistant. They're mm. not here to do the work for you. <laughs> you got to do the work based on how they're helping you and supporting you. So, I mean, again, I used to be the type of person to say this program didn't work. That coach didn't work. Like I'm not saying that there isn't bad coaches because there is. So choose your mentor and your coach wisely, mm-hmm. but a hundred percent once you find the right coach and the right mentor you landed yourself a golden ticket
0: amazing amazing um from the last podcast that we shot in november till now what do you think your biggest lesson has been
1: <laughs> damn i have so many honestly here's the thing couple. is like you learn so much because like it's almost like you just have to you get thrown into it. Like, I got thrown into business. I didn't think it was gonna be easy, but I didn't think it was gonna be this crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can I say two? Yeah, Do we have ahead. time for two.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> One, it's business, it's not personal. Yes. That was a huge lesson. Break for that me. down. So, a lot of my clients became my friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, I'm a friendly person. So, like, you know, I can become, we can become friends and build a great relationship together. But when it comes to business, it's business. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is a lot of emotions can come through friendships, especially when, you know, you build, um, you're helping somebody build their business and build their income. Like you essentially, I spend a lot of time. I talk to my, my clients more than I talk to my family at some mm-hmm. points, right? Because we're working on their strategy. We're working on their social media. We're working on their mindset. We're posting. So we're, in contact a lot where we get to know each other personally and when there comes to be there has to be business boundaries like um and things that are non-negotiable so that both your client and you are protected and so I remember when I first started um things got personal with my clients and it was almost like I would take things so personal into like my craft and say like and almost feel attacked in my craft like Mm -hmm. it was it was me but it was It was just business, Mm -hmm. you know, like it had nothing to do with our relationship. And I feel like that lesson allowed me to not burn bridges, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's very important to keep healthy relationships with everybody if you can. Um, But also um, be able to balance the two so you're not caught. You don't feel this like heaviness. Now, I'm still working on it because, Mm -hmm. again, like when contracts get set in place and there's money involved, like, you know, things can get. A little bit serious and so yeah just the the balance of its business is not personal not to take it personal because it has nothing to do with you or your character rather the business Mm -hmm. um and then two i would say like i just need to ask for help like even where i'm at like i i i tell this a lot to everybody else but i don't feel like it really like engraves in me a hundred percent is that alone you can go so far but together you can go much farther. Mm-hmm. And so I've been burned and so I think that's like a little trust issue in me that I don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um but I've realized how much I've grown and how I'm going to s- there's a difference between um growing and scaling.
0: 100%. And the
1: only reason why I've been able to scale In my business was because I had help, Mm -hmm. and really and truly, like it's like we think we're so big, bad, and boss because we do things alone. Actually, that's the weakest place to be. Like that is weakest. It's the weakest place to be because you're burnt out, you're tired, you don't end up loving what you're doing. But if you have help, it's like it's just good. And then, okay, one last one. One last one. (laughs) Um, I've learned that the more I rest, the more money I make.
0: I've been telling you that. No, you haven't. No, 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 I, yes, I have. But you, you know,
1: you don't, you, you don't, things don't
0: resonate. hit
1: at that time. Like when he told me that, I was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And that's one of the things that I, like, I it's such that a too, toxic though. culture, but it's because for me, rest and sleep don't associate together. So mm-hmm. I had to find my own form of rest, okay. both mental, spiritual and physical, and emotional rest. And that's okay. something my, my therapist taught me is that it's very important to find what rest looks like to you because I couldn't associate, like just rest didn't um, equal productivity for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But now I realize that when I rest, I come back refreshed with ideas, with the drive, with like just grander things mm-hmm. that wouldn't have came to me in the foggy hustle mind. So what I've implemented is CEO days. Okay. I work three days a week. And I'm beginning to outsource things so that I can operate in my zone of genius and not do the things I don't want to do because essentially that's what takes up my rest. Exactly. So um, things that actually equate to my rest, um, I actually love, I just found like this new love for spin classes Mm. and it wasn't something I used to love to do before because I just, you know didn't want to do them Mm -hmm. but it actually just like that's a form of rest for me it's like music it's community it's exercise um i love trying out new spots and that's Mm -hmm. something that fuels different different things right it's like i'm not constantly on creating you know doing all that some people associate with rest and this is how i used to rest with doing nothing Mm -hmm. but it's like it just it it could exactly mean recharging right Mm -hmm. however you decide to recharge and i think the last thing um And this has been something that has taken me a while. But Mm -hmm. when I, not that I mastered it, when I achieved or got to that level, something clicked. And it was that I need to become, think, dress, act, eat, like the person with my goal before I even become that. Because I can't become something I don't believe I am. Jeez,
0: bars. And so like,
1: How do you expect to receive these things, this check, this, these clients, this business, this relationship, if you can't be that and believe that you can be that right now. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that happens when we chemically, energetically, spiritually connect and align ourselves with the person that we've been created to be. Mm -hmm. And that like, essentially, like we've already been created, whatever you believe in, whatever is your belief system. Creation is finished and you are already. My coach, um, Hannah Khan, says that is creation is finished. And so if it's already been created, then it's already a match to you. And I love when she says that um, she says, you becoming the person with your goal. Mm-hmm. And so when that first, when she first said that, I was just like, this doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. because like, how do I become the person with my goal? What is my goal? Mm-hmm. So I broke it down. We almost like reverse engineered it in our program. And it was like, how much, whether it's money, what whatever it is, like, how do they dress? What do they think about? What do they feel like? How do they wake up every morning? What do they do? So I realized that as I became that, I already had it. Mm-hmm. And that it was because it was already available to me. And like, again, going back to my faith, God has already created me into the person that I've been called to be. It's already available for me. It's there. I just need to tap into it. Mm-hmm. So what would it look like me tapping into that being the person right now, dressing like it right now, um, eating like it right now. Big. And I think I didn't allow myself to do that because I felt like I didn't deserve it. So it's like, I'll do it when I get there. Mm-hmm. But then how do you know when you get there? So I started, I just reversed everything. Like I created a calendar, um, which is the activity that we do in our program is create a calendar of the person with your goal and live by that calendar.
2: Mm. What
1: time do you wake up at? What do you sleep at? Which conversations do you have? Mm -hmm. And I think that lesson is what what I've been applying. Like it's hard, man. Like I'll tell you, that's probably the most, the hardest thing because we're programmed to live in what we... Uh, in in what we have. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But what if we lived in what we wanted? And so what would change? And so that's kind of where I've been at. And that's honestly, I feel like the right people have been put into my life, the right opportunities, um, the right coaches, mentors, clients um, that have allowed me to tap into this next level. And I really like can't wait where I go to next and who I get to serve next, because that's what excites me is that If I'm here right now in a year, I can't wait to see where I will be with a bigger team, uh, a bigger awareness expansion. And like just I'm just excited to learn more. I feel like I'm not done learning and I'm excited to just kind of like. Pick more brains and invest more money (sighs) and grow and see where that kind of what else I learn when I'm back on this podcast.
0: Okay, (laughs) dope, dope. So that was great, by the way. That was great. Um, Let everybody know where they can contact you, how they can contact you, what you have coming up. And
1: yeah. So you can't call me. Okay. (laughs) I will have a business phone book <laughs> soon, though. Um, my website is sophieagalar.ca, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the the best place to kind of find me. You can apply to work with me on there, whether it's mentorship, coaching, strategy, content creation. Um, my Instagram is sagular underscore, so that's s a g u i l a r underscore. Um, my TikTok is the same. My LinkedIn is Sophia Aguilar. Um, essentially, just send me a DM. You know, holla, tell me, say hello. Um tell me how I can help you. Tell me what you need. Um, my masterclass will be coming out shortly. I do have an email list where, you know, we'll be giving out an early bird and I just love to add value on there so you can hop on that to hear more from me. But essentially just stay connected. Um, there's nothing like a like having a community that actually connects with you. And so I want to be able to serve you guys. So always slide into my DMs, slide into my emails um, and just speak to me. Tell me how I can serve you and how I can help you because essentially... I can't help you if you don't tell me how I can help you. So, Mm. um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys at my masterclass. I look forward to connecting and seeing who we're going to help next. And when the masterclass does come out, you guys can use the Black is a New Rich promo code to have access to a little something. (sighs) uh, Because, again, part of the things that I want to do with you part of the things that I I see with the Black is a New Rich community is that we have so much more people to help. You have so many more people to serve and support. Uh. So if we're just, like, you're just getting started. I know when we created the fourth one, it was like, wow, we're just getting started. No, 32, Mm -hmm. 33 is just getting started as well. And so if there is a community I want to pour into, it's yours Mm -hmm. and vice versa. I know my community will just come right back and and give you the love back tenfold. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's still more people that we need to reach. So that's where it comes with people sharing, liking, you know, Mm -hmm. sharing with you who they want to see on your podcast. Like
0: I ask all the time.
1: It's so important that you guys as viewers actually come back and say, hey, I want to hear this person because from you hearing and it's proximity at the same, same time. Like you having people in this chair means that this is, this chair is just much more valuable. Like this chair just became much more valuable with me sitting on it today. And then tomorrow, whoever sits on it and then the next episode, right? So it's just about bringing you guys the most value, um, bringing opportunities, right? Because that's essentially what it's all about is bringing opportunities to the communities and just inspiring and growing.
0: Lit, lit, I bet, episode
2: thirty two.